Welcome to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme from episode one all the way to 401 and a couple of specials in between. And this week is a special week because it's a special week. How are you doing, Griff? I'm good. Very special. Because it's a special week. Jay's not here. I was going to make a joke about it being called Ice Blaster 96. Because last week was like sound like a cinema drink. It was sort of a running joke. <laughs> I think people would find it hilarious. It works. Yeah, they didn't really go with it. They bottled it, so it's not really a thing. But you know what we are watching? Do you know what we are watching? Yes, I do. Cyber Slam <laughs> '96. Let's say you're fucking better. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Because <laughs> the show started. Ah, oh, Cyber Slam '96. From the seventeenth of February, that is. I don't get the, the the meaning behind the title. I think this used to only be streamed on the internet. Oh, that would make sense. When we had like dial up. Yeah. So there'd just be dial ups. That makes sense. And that's Jay. Oh, oh Cyber Slam. Is this your thing you do every week now? Yeah, just sing. I'm just going to see how many random songs I can get in this week. Well, I said I want to make a joke about it being called Ice Blaster 96 because it's like a thing, but it didn't happen. No. I've tried it twice. It's not really picked up. The Philly Popsicle Potato Passion. 96. No, you 96. 96. Yeah, that was awful. It makes my Ice Blaster one seem pretty good. But yeah, so this is... Back in the world of extreme, obviously myself, Paul, Jay, Griff, we've all spoken, you know, we are, it's lovely. I'm a big happy family. Happy family. Yeah. Family. Not until 2019 that we fall out. 96, we're all friends. Um, yeah, I don't know, really. I just thought I should just dive straight into this event. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's let's live the cyber slam. You took a massive inhale there, like I was expecting... Something massive. Um, Jay, you might know. Cyberspan was just streamed on the internet, wasn't it? Um, I believe so. Um, well, it would have been a nightmare. Was, was them talking about... Um, so uh, it was obviously a home video release as well. Yeah, standard. Um, and what confuses me was is at one point in one of the matches, Joey Styles talks about throwing to advert. And this being an exclusive for the home video audience. Yeah. Well, I feel like... So halfway through this, someone will come up saying, we know girls in your neighbourhood. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's right. I got anyway. And they watched it and they were guests on later on, surprisingly enough. Perfect. <laughs> this show starts off. We need to. We need to get through some of the crap on this show and get to the good stuff. The show starts off with an absolute bar burner with the bad crew and Judge Dredd versus Dino Sendoff, Donnie Allen, and the Dirt Bike Kid. It was a dream match that no one wanted. Um, the, the crowd pretty much crapped all over this. They did They're not care. No, I didn't really care. Um, there was chance of you suck. Um, it wasn't a classic. They all tried, but yeah. Uh, the Bad Crew and Judge Dredd won. It was um, 
yeah, it was it was a rough uh, match, and and you know, I, I, good to see the dirt bike kid. We were talking about him just last so we're week. We're going to cut through the crap. Why are you dissecting this? Because it's the dirt bike kid's debut. No, we saw him last week. Why was his debut then? Because last week he was the shark attack kid. Oh yeah. And this is him debuting as the dirt bike kid. Okay. I'm just a teenage dirt bike kid. <laughs> yeah, so that happened after the match. The Sandman appeared Two songs, people. to Two a songs. Road Warrior style pop. The crowd went mental. Um, he beat the shit out of everyone, shouting, yo, yo, yo. Everyone's chanting, Sandman, Sandman. He grabs a mic. Now let's get extreme. And we did. Smashed a plate. I mean, there is um, something quite special about Paulie putting on just shit filler matches just so someone can run out and beat the shit out of all of them and get themselves over from it. This yeah. whole purpose for this entire match was just so Sandman can come and beat the shit out of a bunch of jobbers. Well, yeah. This show, yeah. and we'll get to yeah. the end, made Sandman out to be an absolute superstar. But we'll exactly. get to that. Hopefully. In, in my mind. <laughs> Next up, we have got El Puerto Rico, Reguinio versus Cesaro in his ECW debut. <laughs> Spiros Greco. I thought this looked like Rick the Model Martel with a hairier chest. Speaking of absolute superstars. Spiros Greco. Um, there was an encouraging chant of you guys suck dick during this match, which I thought was good for everyone involved. <laughs> so that was, I thought that was a nice little, get the crowd behind you. Um, echoes Jesus out for the extreme, Christ. the faithful. Um, Greco wasn't awful. He, he was half decent. I wanted didn't to look he... him up, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even know yeah, honestly. I, I felt like oh, I should look this guy up, he might be someone, but I just had no intention of doing that. So um yeah, Greco picked up the W and I'm sure he sticks around for a little while. I'm sure he does. Hmm. Um I don't know why El Puerto Ricano continues to wear such big t shirts. He likes that baggy fashion. He really does, but I I, I would I would even understand it more if it had like a gimmick on it, but it's just a plain large very, very large T-shirt. Hmm. I like it. They're available. It's extra large. He was Babu in the WWF. Oh. If we remember was Babu. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember Babu? Wasn't he with uh, Tiger Ali Singh? Um, he wrestled against Taka Michinoku. Late 97, early 98. Cool, that's not what I asked. His gimmick was that of a manservant to Ty Gally Singh. Yeah, you're right. Hey. All right, there we go. Look at that. It was him. No. He also wrestled, wrestled a 1998 edition of Shotgun when he was ordered by Singh to compete against Goldust in a losing effort. What, Gecko? Babu. Spiros. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Spiros Greco. That's what I said. You're just saying Babu over and over again. No, I'm talking about El Puerto Requeno. I was going to say, because there's no way that he was him. No, he was I'm a little about, guy. I'm not, sorry, I'm not talking about Spiros Greco. I'm talking Is about... Oh. Oh, 
I don't know. <laughs> do you know what El Puerto Ricano should do with his T-shirts? No. What would push it over? He what should have gone do? to Zazzle.com and, and searched sports arena and got some really cool designs that would have looked better on him um, than they're just the plain ones that he's wearing. He could have got his own shirts. would have made them for him. No, I should have used ours. Ours are cool. He would have made them. Sold them to him. I don't know. Um, Taz is out. Hey, everyone loves Taz. Is Joel Hart good? Uh, I was pretty excited for this. Taz is my go-to guy at the moment. Whenever I see him, I get happy because I just think it's going to be amazing. And it sort of is. He hits like really stiff clotheslines, a couple of suplexes, uh, beats the shit out of this man. Bill Alfonso had a great moment where he ran the turn to the camera and said, Joe Styles, you need to be nice to him because you never know who your sister's going to bring home for dinner. Which I thought was just so pointless, but tremendous. And Styles is like selling it over commentary. Um, Tab was having fun. Um, he killed this guy, nearly literally. He's on a stretcher. Taz got annoyed, flipped him off the stretcher. A bunch of people came out. Taz kicked the shit out of them as well. Mikey came out, uh, did well for a couple of seconds, and then got tossed around. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey. got more off- off- offence in than I thought he would be allowed to. He was zigging and zagging throughout there, wasn't he? Yeah. So I thought that was fairly decent. It takes us to one of the biggest segments of the show. Joey Styles in the ring saying hi. Like he does a few times, but you can tell it's obviously filmed for TV. Um, says hi, the lights go out. When the lights come back on, Brian Pillman is standing in the ring. He gets an absolute crazy reaction up there of the Sandman. Um, there's a strong chant of Bishop takes it up the arse before he gets talking. Again, another uplifting chant. Uh, Brian Paul Bishop takes it Bishop takes oh no it wasn't that clever and um, he just basically shoots on everything this is pretty much like as I suppose the documentary said if you've got something to say come on our TV show and say it Um, I'm guessing he wasn't given any direction because I think he did just speak his mind I couldn't work out if this went to plan or he went too much over the top. If it was, it's brilliantly acted. If it wasn't, then it still came across amazing. I, 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 just, I don't know if I'm impressed or kind of like, how did they get, get away with that? I feel like what I'm impressed about at this point that gave it a little bit of legitimacy for me was the inclusion of Shane Douglas. Yeah. Because he is very much sort of ECW faithful, even though he left. Yeah, he's like the guy, but his inclusion with this was it wasn't just like jobbers coming out and getting beaten out. He was coming out and sticking in those, and he had no real reason to be in this segment. Yes. Heyman, yeah. you understand. Todd Gordon, yeah, but him coming out and sort of like saying off camera, but near enough so people can hear, he's fucking shooting, he's fucking shooting. It's, it's kind of like, I think that's what made it legit because it felt like the locker room was emptying out kind of feel. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, he's, he's a big deal because the franchise has made him a big deal by coming out and, and uh, addressing that fairly early on. Um, yeah. So I, I do believe that, you know, it does kind of push it up. And also, you know, there's the history of, of those two. Um 
you know, all the way back to uh, him calling out Steve Austin and Steve Austin coming down and then Steve Austin not turning up and, and Pillman turning up and round and round. So, you know, the, it, it's it's the one to pick well, that's uh, it, to come it? out and address it. Um, and he's the guy that's that's got the reputation of doing the, the shoot stuff all the way back from the NWA tournament um, and him crossing the line. He's there on the mic, at least, shooter. So um, him coming out and calling him on it, you know, it's, it's that kind of real recognises real is what they're aiming for. And I think it came across really well. Exactly. So that's saying, I just felt like if anyone else had came out, Stevie Richards or someone, it just wouldn't have... It wouldn't have um, worked, but um, yeah, I really liked it. He basically just sort of ran down everything, he referred to himself as Brian fucking Pillman. When Joey tried to go to a break, he's like, he runs the show. Um, turned on the, the crowd. <laughs> yeah, turned on the crowd, started calling more marks, which I thought was good. I couldn't work out if the guy in the crowd spat on him or not. Um, probably. I know he, he, I don't think this is it for him. I think he has a few more. Maybe even more sort of fucked up. Bit. Yeah. So we've got the um, the match against the pencil coming soon, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. We've got we're into that point where you see the people passing through between the the big two. Um, so you know we had the Steiners who checked in in between. We had um, Steve Austin who's checked in in between. Um, and I don't mean the likes of, of Jack, Cactus Jack, who's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, but really that kind of there for maybe two or three months, couple of shows, in and out, you know, passing through. Exactly, than, short contract, than... beneficial for both parties, coming for a bit while you're injured, shoot. There was never any contracts, was there? Or just breaks that bit of you can go anywhere, but you can't go here for X amount of months. Exactly. Like the, um, yeah. which is which is on some of the contracts that they'd be released with. You know, you can work anywhere. You just can't work for the distinguished competition. Yeah, no. So I thought um, overall, like I said, there's a segment. I mean, I like to think a lot of people know about this or have seen this, but if you haven't, it's a must-watch um, promo. It's a very iconic moment in ECW history, and uh, even now, it doesn't disappoint. I don't think. Not, not at all. And the 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 cane. Um, Pillman there with the cane obviously inspired Kurt Hawkins and his cane. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Paul ECW his cane, inspiring right? everything. And Paul Bear and his cane, right? Hey. And Ray Mysterio and his cane. Last hey. hey. uh, word. Um, next, we have a little bit of Highway to Hell as the Dudley Boys making their way. Highway to Hell. Bang, bang. That's four. So, yeah, Dudley uh, making way to the ring. They're all having great fun. They're dancing. Bubba's in the ring, strutting his stuff. It's all... Everyone's just having fun, isn't they? It's great. I'm guessing Mr. Hughes is way out of options. I feel like he's transitioning to Memphis Championship Wrestling. I don't know where he goes after this. But, um, yeah, he's um, he's at a point because this didn't work out well for him. So, basically, Bubba's dancing, having fun. Mr. Hughes is beating up the rest of the Dudleys in the background. Bubba turns around, sees this, makes really short work of him. Match must have lasted about, what, two minutes? 
38 seconds, I think, the official time. Wow. I'm surprised he agreed to be squashed by Bubba Ray. Well, I think, obviously, the the pool isn't quite there as it once was. So, yeah, Hughes um, falls down at 38 seconds. was a fun segment. Um, I suppose it's important to get the Dudleys out there. Bubba looking strong. He's very much pushed as the man in the Dudley family at the moment. Very much so. I mean, it's it's um, uh, so Hughes is in the background, you know, doing his roughneck stuff, beating up all of the the the, the lesser Dudleys. Um, you know, Big Dick Dudley as the enforcer watches it, and then that's kind of it. And then when um, Bubba Ray starts getting into it, Big Dick hits him with the the, the crutch, um, a really weak crutch shot. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's not bringing that big dick energy. Need some Viagra. Need some Viagra. Speaking of Viagra, Mustafa on his way, Mustafa, even, <laughs> different world, uh, comes out, basically meant to be the gangsters versus the headhunters. New Jack is in prison or arrested or He's something. arrested, yes. Which is great. Um, uh, cause it could be true. You don't know. That's, that's the the power of the new Jack. Um, yes, he comes out. He's he's basically barking mad. He's he's great but mad. He's sort of rambling. Um, Brian Pillman's Damien Kane came out to offer him a job. He then says he needs a job. He needs a hand job. Crowd goes mental. <laughs> he attacks Kane. Headhunters come, headhunters come out, beat the crap out of him for a little bit. And they call out any team in the ECW. And who do we have making a return? Bruise Brothers. The public. Yes, the Bruise Brothers return to take on the Headhunters. Um, it was a bit of a war, went round for a while. I was surprised about the outcome because the Bruise Brothers picked up the W. What do you think about that? So I, I was just... So at this stage of the pay-per-view, let's at the pay-per-view, Bruise Brothers face or heel? Uh, face, yeah, I'd say face. Me too. Yeah. Yep, I, I and I know exactly where you're going because I was going to tell you the same thing. But yeah, yeah. Bruce Brothers uh, come back out as the face team, and yep. you know, fuck knows how they're the face. All right, fair enough. We'll avoid the um, the, yeah. the, the neo-Nazi tattoos on them, and yep, they're the face. Um, That's how we avoid uh, it. I, I did. I I, I barely <coughs> mentioned it. Hmm. Um. Uh, <coughs> I mean, Damien Kane is is just uh, a dick, and it's not even like you know that kind of you love to hate him, like Hunter Q. Robbins the Third, or Jason, or Paulie Dangerously, or or any of the managers that have managed to get heat. He, he, I don't, I don't understand why he's there. I don't know what he's bringing to this. His his layered gimmick upon gimmick upon gimmick upon gimmick. Um, including Lady Alexandra, um, just is is just over the top, and you know him now with the headhunters just makes no sense at all. Um, uh, Mustafa, you know, actually got some some interview time. That was that was big because up until now he's just been kind of like laughing in the background as New Jack cuts his promos. He's probably um, um, best for him. Yeah, and just. Um, you know, 
taking the opportunity of New Jack uh, up in prison. Hmm. Um, but the Bruise Brothers, I have no idea why they're back. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, they, they come to the hero's welcome and raise it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can have a long and lengthy face good guy run with them from here on in. I don't think we see him again after this pay-per-view. They can't be. I mean, when do um, Disciples of Apocalypse start? Because that would be their next big run in WE, wouldn't it? So it would have been... Um, seven, I want to say. Yeah, because they would obviously been like... They were lost to the Allied Powers at WrestleMania. Unless they're still in WWE at the moment as them. I don't know. So, yeah, so Bruno pick up the win. Joey is back in the ring. Welcome everyone again to ECW. Obviously, must be the beginning of another show. Um, Tommy Dreamer comes out, talks about how hard he is. <laughs> Raven then comes out and cuts like a pretty decent promo, I think. He'll talk about all the different sort of like sort of cultures and if you do a certain thing, how you lose a certain limb by the crime <laughs> that you committed. Yeah, I like this. I, I, I did. I think it went on too long. I got, I got where yeah. he was going fairly on, fairly early on. Yep. So I, I just think it was over the top. Yep. And basically the punchline is ends up referencing sort of cutting off Tommy Dreamer's Tommy. And um, then basically... Chuppy, chuppy, pee-pee! And then the, the cool bit is just said Dreamer prepare to die and drop the mic, which I thought was pretty decent as a line. And then um, the gang started to beat the crap out of Dreamer. Is this when the Bruce Brothers came back out? Yeah, and yes, they, it they, was. Uh, so, she grabbed his legs and did... I can't remember that. Was. Shane Douglas comes out and, to make the save. Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, and then uh, the Bruce Brothers run out and after being uh, good guys 30 seconds ago, um, now have aligned themselves with the villainous Raven. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty decent segment, really. Nothing we haven't seen before. It's just to keep the feud going in the back burner. Obviously, Raven's off doing his world title thing, but they want Dreamer there the whole time. Yeah. So Daddy Dreamer. Although that's going to be quiet, isn't it? Yeah. I would like to have known if, um, if there's any plans of sort of Dreamer ever really beating Raven before he did. I mean, that, yeah, because I mean, that goes on forever. It must be thrown out like fairly regularly. Especially when you get into um, Raven at the height of his um, addiction issues. Mm. Well, even like with yeah. the, um, sort of the world title thing now, it's almost like they've got Dream in the background as the guy who would beat Raven for the world title. Yeah. And that's that so. just. Take everything from exactly. Raven. So Raven's doing all this stuff, and Dreamer managed to finally beat him. It just so happens to be sort of the big one. But um, yeah, then we have an absolute mismatch of JT Smith versus Axel Rotten. JT Smith jumps Rotten from the start, last about a second before he starts getting beaten up. JT did a weird, basically going straight to the ending. JT Smith did a weird sort of spot where he was holding the chair on the top rope, facing away like he's going to do a moonsault onto Axel with the chair, slipped off the top. Axel kind of looked away, annoyed. JT got straight up, smacked the chair in the back of Axel and got the win. I'm still Oops, not convinced. I did it again. I'm still not convinced this wasn't an actual botch. 
I, I, I don't think it was. I think it was playing up the facts that that's been his finish for the last however longs is he tries to do something and he botches and therefore he's okay. Um, and he's, he's, he's only pretended to knock himself out with a chair this time compared to actually knocking himself out with stuff. Mm. Um, you know, bearing in mind this entire gimmick started when his uh, knee pads got caught on the rope and he face planted into the concrete for real and had a huge golf ball of a swelling on his face for real um, because it turns out that human skulls and concrete aren't meant to meet together like that. For real. Um, for real. Um, so um, I think this is um, a little bit of, of playing up on that. Um, I don't get why you would. I don't, I don't really understand why is the now the time that, to turn it into uh, an angle with it. But, um, you know, sure. Everyone's that favourite Italian picks up the win. Oh, yeah, done with him. Yeah, massively. <gasps> so they're going to get better. So this is when the card picked up again. Next we have the triple dog collar match. The Pitbulls and Francine versus the Eliminators and Stevie Richards. This technically is when the pay-per-view started for me. Yeah, it got a little bit good. My my thing with this, before we get into this, obviously, is near enough impossible to break this match down because there was so much happening. But I will say, people, if you watch the Brian Pillman promo, which you hopefully should do, check out this match as well because this is crazy as well. It's a damn good match. Yes. Um, yeah, any points that you'd like to bring up? Because... I only have one massive point about this, and that's Saturn breaking the dog collar off. I've got so that in my notes. So technically, surely the Pitbulls win and become champions. Yeah, in my notes, Why? I've got at some point, chains just don't fucking matter anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen this with dog collar matches throughout ECW. Is is you know, it's a dog collar until they decide to take it off. Um, to the point where we had what about body wasn't it um, the one where, where Tommy Dreamer ran on, ran in and strapped himself to Raven? Yeah. Because it took the chain off of someone else and strapped it to him. And you're kind of sitting there going, why, why, why would you, why would you want to do that? Why, why not just beat, beat up. up the guy that's, that's chained when you're not. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's 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 quite a carnage match. Um, Pitbull too took a lot of damage. He looked really uncomfortable with some of the chokes. You have he's either sold it very well. By Pitbull do do you mean Francine? I mean Pitbull too. Francine's entire role in this is still just to get absolutely bulldozed by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the match starts with her being taken out with a Stevie kick. So that then sets it up as three on two um, because she's just like crumbled on the floor. And then um, it ends with her managing to get the pin on Stevie. Um, And then they tease um, Total Illumination. She gets saved by a spear that looks worse than Total Illumination. Um, and then total elimination to Pitbull 1, total elimination to Pitbull 2, uh, and then Francine eats total elimination and just 
absolutely kicked in the face yet again. I agree. I thought, you know, you said the spear looked worse. I thought Pitbull ter- one turned on her <laughs> until the commentator was like, he's made the save. I was like, he saved her. I thought, oh, wow, really? I did enjoy seeing Francine, though. I liked the costume. Pitbull with the save and, you know, everyone's going, there goes my hero. <laughs> Number six, I think. Goes my Pitbull. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pitbull's net pick up the win. Next, we have the ECW World Television title match. Duke Gold Scorpio's defending champion against the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Sabu comes Duke out absolutely flying. Scorpio. Like maniac at the beginning of this match. He's a maniac, maniac on the floor. Sweet Jesus. You know, I know I know that was you singing, not me. I'm counting it. That's eight. Eight. Count. Music count, count. Chat count. Music count, count, count. Um, count, count, count. My only hold up with this match was the fact that, obviously, because we're watching it years later, I was very aware it goes to a time of a draw. I don't know what they're trying to do with Sabu. They're keeping him on the back burner. Pib and Taz, aren't they? That's what it feels like. I think he's got our own. He's, I think, obviously, with what's gone on and he went to Japan, maybe they just don't want to, like, you've got to earn your stripes for. Is this like that time you went on holiday for two weeks in Sports Arena and you've got to earn your stripes back? Yeah, exactly. Holiday. I didn't have internet and I've celebrate. Um, but but yeah, I, they 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 don't seem to be playing him in matches that really kind of work to his strengths. No, I I there's something that that I become quite numb to Sabu's style when half an hour later he's still doing the huge, you know. Arabian face busters and and whatever else in the sense of, well, if it's that devastating, then surely it wouldn't have got this far. And if it's not, if it's got this far, then surely it's not that devastating. Yeah, no, you're there's, right. It's, there's it's a, a of... certain amount of desensitization to some of the hard hardcore stuff. It is it's this is this weird sort of split figure about people liking seeing doing the wild stuff because it's super cool, but then you're not protecting. Like I said, any of the moves because, like you said, no one, none of these actually finishing anyone. Mm-hmm. So he's hitting them with all these chairs, all these leg drops, all these crazy spots, all these dives, but they're not actually doing anything. So it sort of yeah. becomes, yeah. That's, and that's exactly it. It all becomes a little bit kind of pointless because, you know, why why am I going to believe this is the one that, that pins when you've hit seven of these? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, if the beginning of the match, if it started with a Sabu who died straight out of the ring, crashed into two cold Scorpio, and they both got counted out from the get-go or something, that had been stronger because it was just pure carnage. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, totally. I get it. Um, next, we have Shane Douglas versus Cactus Jack. Um this match is a long time in the making. That Shane Douglas coat, I think it's the one that the Extreme Collector owns. For anyone that follows Extreme Collector on Twitter or Instagram, I think that's the one that he owns now. And thought... if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out the Extreme Collector's pictures, he has got some incredible stuff. Um, yeah, he's, he's a big raver so, guy. Yeah. He owns everything. 
So, yeah, yeah. shout out to him, but yeah, nice coat. I thought this was match of the night. For me, anyway. Yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not against that. I think these two had a lot better chemistry, and it goes back to similar to what you're saying about Sabu coming back and having to earn his stripes. I felt like Shane Douglas is having to come in, and he's working a lot harder than he worked before. Yeah, and that's not saying he was a bad worker, but the things like he did the big dive into the crowd, and that wasn't that was. It was the... a very different style. This one, he had to mix it up. He had to do something far more hardcore in this match than he's done previously. Exactly, that um, wasn't the Shane Douglas that left. He was just almost just coasted off being an amazing asshole, and people just hated him. When here, I felt like he embraced it a bit more and went to war. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his gimmick when he left was, uh, you know, this kind of standout of I'm the athlete. ECW has no rules. In fact, you know, he's the reason why he, you know, that entire thing was the reason he brought in Bill Alfonso, Bill Alfonso yeah. um, you know, to, to enforce these rules. Um, so to watch him kind of take on that kind of more, you know, I'll fight you kind of thing, especially as it's a whole to, to drag the hardcore out of um, uh, Cactus Jack was, was quite an interesting story to tell. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see him do it, I think. Um, but again, it's interesting to see it do it because I've not seen him do it 16 times in the space of three weeks and pretty much the same stuff with different people. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, there was, again, there was some interesting, different chants from like the crowd. They had an Ahmed Johnson chant, they had a Razor, the chant for Razor and Moan, and the Let's Go yep. Sid chant as well. Which again goes back to the whole, I guess, in the not acceptance of Shane Douglas at the moment because they're obviously mocking him. With, um, well, he left and he's come back with his tail between his legs, ain't he, really? Exactly. He, he went to the big show and he's had to come back for whatever reasons. Well, he went to the big show. Number 10. Um, which, Griff, makes me think, what was your favourite Armour Johnson match? Oh, in your house. Not match, that's the event. No, round your house when we just played it on SmackDown versus Raw. It's not, uh, you're just failing. I can't, just say gold dust. I can't remember. Just mate. say gold dust. Gold dust. I remember Survivor Series in some Survivor Series match, but um, that Farouk from Nation. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, see, how hard is it? There was one where he came out with the Legion of Doom and he had the the pads. WrestleMania 13 in a Chicago street fight against Nation of Domination, yeah. and allegedly stole them. Yeah. Hawks pads. So there you go. That was a great match. Um, yeah, so Shane Douglas eventually picked up. Did they have Rocco at that point? Um, no, he'd gone because they'd been and come back. Ah. That hadn't even happened yet. So, yeah. Yeah, Shane Douglas picked up the win. There was a few bits where there was um, almost like the Royal Rumble in future years where Cactus had his Absolutely. hands. Absolutely. And Shane Douglas was doing the shots, but they weren't as brutal as the Rock shots. So even though it was it was bad, it wasn't as cringe. 
I did think the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like things like that don't age well, but Foley did it. He did it for entertainment. So extremely grateful because to dismiss it just makes it really worthless. So, but again, you know, it was, it's things like, um, you had the, uh, Shane Douglas puts the chair around his leg and then jumps off and lands on the chair. That's, that's an injury angle now that's a you know you're writing them off tv for one two three five weeks yeah that's you know that's that's and in this one it's just a spot and then he gets up and fights for another 10 minutes including walking around with his hands chained behind his back exactly that's how you shattered their ankle and all this but yes yeah, so he does it he does it end up calling up um mikey mikey comes out um hits mikey <laughs> Uh, hits Cactus and obviously puts an uh, end to that feud. It really felt like Cactus leaving at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's still around for about a month, I think. Yeah, I think it's March that he goes. It does, but it feels like he's just handing his notice and he's get everything yeah. in work in place. Last Super Show, though. I think it's the last one we see. I think the next Super Shows we've got are April, so I think it's the last one we see. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like he's just getting everything in place before he leaves. Yeah. Yeah, one last feud set up. Yeah, finish off the Shane Douglas thing. Make sure Shane Douglas gets the rub as he comes back in. Obviously, the same with Mikey. Make sure Mikey's fine and everything before he leaves. It just sort of feels like that sort of fire. But that takes us to our main event, ECW World Heavyweight Championship match, Raven versus Sandman. Some people say Sandman is still on his way to the ring. Mr. Sandman. Is this the first Sandman through the crowd um, entrance? By the reaction, I'd say yes. I mean, I don't remember seeing one before, but... Um... Yeah, go go by Joey's reaction of how blown away he was that he wasn't at the re-entrance. He was on the stage. I, I would say yes. Yeah, that was my note. Well, I don't make notes, but that was my... If you of... did, that's what you would have wrote. That is what I would have wrote. And I have... <laughs> I have things to say at the end of this, but we'll wait. We'll dissect this, and I have things to say. So now, um, you know, obviously the other song to sing here is uh, I Predict a Riot. I Predict a Riot because Missy Hyatt has been introduced as the walking riot, Missy Hyatt. Now, Paul, you are, you know, a a man of distinguished experience and taste. Um, And in your 57 years on this planet, could you please tell us if you have ever seen a walking right before and what one is? Um, I mean, no, apart from Missy Hyatt. Well, the right squad when they walk to the ring. I don't know if I've seen Inspiring it everything. Who's rustling their mic again? Why well, is it always happening every week? The world is watching. There you go. It's Griffey's a walking right. Someone's going to walk and ride right fuck, now. I'm a fucking hoot. I'm a fucking hoot. <laughs> In joke. Go on, carry on. Um, yeah, no, so she's out there and, yeah. I don't know, I've never seen a walk and ride before. I mean, they tried to make it cool, like she took the cigarette, like she's she's bad and all that. Because women yeah, lit it, she she's never take not, it, did she? She's not... To the same level as women, um, at least not yet. 
um, <laughs> it, it's it's really weird because um, you know women obviously um, as I said a thousand times uh, I, I'd never really kind of been a fan of hers in anything I'd seen yeah. but I thought she was absolutely amazing with, with Sandman oh, massively um, I mean and trying to fill that and, and put someone else in that role, I think, is always going to be very difficult. Um, and at the moment, I don't see anything from Missy Hyatt that inspires me. Yeah, it just feels like timing of these two rather than sort of a great situation. It just they're, they're both there and it made sense to put them together because, like you said, Hyatt was there for a while. Sandman, they probably felt it'd add to his character and they went with that. Do you know what he needs? Oh. A walking riot. He's got one. Oh, he's got one. There's a different side of Sandman, I felt, in this match for a lot of it. I felt there was a, a big side of desperation that you hadn't seen from him before. Yeah, he's the underdog a little bit more now, isn't he? Yeah, he was trying to do roll-ups and quick pins and just try to, def- rather than before, he just beat the crap out of people and win. This one, I felt like he was trying to get a quick free count because he really wanted to beat Raven and get his belt back, even though some of his um, scoop slams were a little bit suspect. <laughs> He's not a a technical wrestler. But, um, yeah, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's nothing different from what we've seen to these two previously. But I know we're going to see a bit more. I think my problem is, I think, with with big main events like this, I wouldn't mind a bit of a backstory to invest me more rather than just a rematch. Yeah, there's no real issue between these two yet. Other than um, Raven somehow managed to get a shot and won. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, there's nothing at stake yet. And we know that, you know, that by the end yeah. of this, that's that's something you definitely cannot say about this feud. Um, but as it stands at the moment, it's just you know, it's it's a match for the championship. Yeah, I mean, like when Griff said that his favourite match, you think might have been Shane Douglas, Cactus Jack. You know, I agree with that because I feel like for like nearly a year, it's led up to this moment. So, so I yeah. know why this is happening. I mean, I'm emotionally invested in this. I understand why these two are having this match. And things like JT Smith, Axel Rotten, you know, Bruce Brothers, Headhunters. I'd say pretty much the rest of the card. They're just good matches, but there's no reason for them. That's the only one where I thought, wow, they're, they're finally having this singles match. Um, yeah, I mean, Pitbulls and Eliminators is the only one that comes close for me. because I mean, As much as J.T. Smith and Axel Rotten do have a history of, you know, J.T. Smith turned on him and lost a match because of it and blah, blah, blah. There's not really anything not, invested not in it. Thing. The Pitbulls um, one is good, but it's, it's, it's just sped through. Yeah, and it's it's again, it's kind of the the same old story, you know. In the sense dog, of a dog collar match, you generally think because pit bulls have had him beat for the titles twice, and eliminators have escaped to the back, so they're doing something yeah. to keep him there. Do you know what I mean? It, you, there's logic behind. Or you would think, you know, so you could tell the story that they wanted the dog collars on them to stop them getting to Francine because they keep wiping out Francine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you know what I mean, there's, there's ways that just a little interview or something could have really just explained it and gone for it. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, so Raven retains his world heavyweight title, then disappears. Meanly stays in the ring, standing over the Sandman with his cane, having a little jig and a dance like only he does. He's like pouring beer on the Sandman. Little does he know this will revive the Sandman. Sandman stood up. He took a couple of cane shots before getting the cane back and beating the crap out of the meanie. Raven and the Bruise Brothers returns, um, sort of beat him up. And then I'm sure Sandman's just there screaming, Mummy. I couldn't work out what he was saying. I couldn't work out. I thought he was saying Mummy over and over again. I just think this, this, this whole... Well, I thought he was Missy, but I didn't think he would have said Missy. It sounded like he was saying Mummy. Going, I thought he was calling Missy, and I don't know why he was calling Missy, because... I don't know. She's his Mummy. Mummy. No, I don't know. I think this 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 whole event for me did did nothing for me. For I know, like Jay, you're definitely a massive Raven fan. Um, definitely am. I, I, I'm yet to be sold. And really, this, and this whole wait a second. Don't be wrong. I never watched really like much of Raven in the past. So this is obviously um first exposure properly to him. You didn't watch event, much Public Enemy, and you fell in love with them. This event did nothing for me for Raven because A, he needed other people to take down a one-armed Tommy Dreamer. He also needed everyone you get that he's to the defeat bad the Sandman. Yes, I do. He needs yeah, everyone to beat the Sandman. I think this turned the Sandman, this made the Sandman really strong. It was it got a massive pop at the start when he was just caning people. It taken it took everyone to kind of take him down. I don't know. I get he, Raven does amazing promos, but in-ring action, at the moment, don't get the hype. And that's just my point of view. And and the fact that the main event has only been, it was only 12 minutes. Why do they not have Sabu, like, too cold? Whether they're protecting Sabu and they don't want him to lose, and that's why they did it. Why cut that down and have this just be like a 12-minute match? I just want to see some actual kind of... Too many people keep interfering. I wouldn't mind just seeing a one-on-one Raven match and no interference. I get he's the bad guy, um, but we've seen other bad guys that can wrestle. I'm not saying Raven can't, just at the moment, I don't... Yeah, this event did not do very well for me, for Raven. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, so if you're telling, if you're saying this isn't the greatest Raven match, I'd agree with you. If you're saying that um, the Sandman Raven matches don't quite click for every reason we were saying about, there's not really anything in it rather than two people fighting for a belt. I'd agree. Um, He's the worst world title champion we've seen so far at the moment. His current reign, worse than Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I think that you're 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 aiming for a hot take there rather than anything. I'm not. Um, Mikey had better matches so far. I just just. Mikey I'm, also I'm, was I'm one of saying... your. Wasn't Mikey on your worst wrestler lists? It may have been the last but... time we did it. I don't think so. I don't think we did worst wrestler list, did we? The year. No, we didn't do that at the end of the year. Mm. We're in February now. I I'm not saying it to get a rise or anything like that. 
it just it just literally like I don't know why it took so many people and why couldn't he just take Tommy Dreamer down himself with one arm? I suppose it's like why did the NWO always help Hogan? And it's like not even funny, Blue Mini and Stevie could it's like they had to bring the Blues brothers out to take down Tommy, like yeah, I just I just want to see more from him. And I'm sure we will, because obviously I know he has a massive following. Just at the moment, I, I, I'm not seeing it. And I don't think this event did very well for him. Hmm. That's fair enough. It's the cool. silence. The sound of silence. Now it's obviously in people's mics as well. Um... Yeah, no, it's fair. I mean, like I said, it's hard because, like I said, these these are two big stars at this time in the company. And like I said, they're, they're fighting for no reason. The obvious person they should be sort of feuding with is like Tommy. That's this hot feud. Yeah. It doesn't help that, like, Sam Mankind is a heel. But yeah, if it's, it's kind of a heel versus heel match. Let's see, Sandman's in a true uh, sort of transitional period where you don't really know if you're supposed to like him at the moment or not. He's obviously loved by the fans, but it's just, it's almost like the Austin 316 where he's doing nothing different, but now it's accepted. Yeah. So it's just sort of getting your head around that. But um, yeah, this wasn't Raven's greatest match, but is it all on him? Sandman was extremely sloppy. And I felt this is a really poor showing from Sandman. Came across like a mega star with the entrance and for his reactions, but as in like a match, he he relies on other people. You know, he yeah. Mikey made him like a million bucks because Mikey was happy to have thirty three million unprotected Singapore cane shots. I think this should have been the like, the co main event because I think even the ending of. Um... Cactus, and that was more worthy. It just felt like there was four minutes, four minutes of wrestling, and the rest was all interferences. Yeah, but it's probably it's the world title match, though, isn't it? And also, it's the whole. Oh, but we've it's... had other, other. Yeah, other but it's also ECW is a it's a wild crowd that wouldn't yeah, want, yeah. want to leave feeling. You yeah, know, I get that buzzing. Well, Damon, let me finish what I'm saying. So, how do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. It was already such a good point that you you convinced even before. Yeah, before I ever made it. It's, it's, it's the feel good factor. It's, as Sandman's standing in the ring, everyone's going mental. That's what you go home on. Otherwise, you go home on Shane Douglas winning. Well, be Mikey turning on Cactus really. But yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, but that was that was a two second thing. Mm. He didn't stand in the ring and read. He just took a cheap shot and then went. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, um, overall highlight of the show. I, I, think the, I think the Pillman promo probably outshone everything. It definitely. Um, I think if we go like six, even like a year's time, I'll I'll remember that more than anything else on the show. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact we finally got the Cactus Jack Shane Douglas payoff. And I really hope this is their only match because if they suddenly have like a match every week, it's going to be annoying. But yeah, I think the, the Pillman and you know history shows it. 
people yeah. people today would still say, "Wow, that Pillman promo has still been the shocking moments, greatest thing." So yeah, that's got to be the the must watch. Yeah, segment. I'd agree. I, I I think the Pillman's um, the must watch segment. I think um, uh, the must watch match. I think is either Pitbulls and Eliminators or Jack and Douglas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah agree. Slightly, depending on your taste, I think one yeah. of those two. Yeah. If you want to just dip in and watch a match, the Pitbulls match thingy. If you're following the product and you see the build, Shane Douglas, Cactus Jack. Yeah. Because that's the good payoff. But as a standalone match, would it work without knowing the backstory? I don't know. I if don't you're know. not into inter- intergender wrestling, you know, again, very ahead of its uh, time. Then avoid the the pitbulls and eliminators. Hmm. Beautiful. Oh, and that is that. That is Cyberslam '96. Feels like we've done nothing but specials for like months. Well, that's why I'm looking forward next week to get back to TV and we'll catch up and run through bits, go through the Cyberslam stuff that's been shown on TV. Actually, find what's going on with TV because we should be up near to episode 150 soon. We need to do that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I'm awfully confused where we are because I even looked at Nitro. Public Enemy had a dark match with Nasty Boys, and that's fucking pointless. What's <laughs> dark match? Get yeah, them on TV. The... Get them on TV. I yeah. thought the nasty, the, the nasty Boys were on this show. <laughs> oh no, that was the bad crew. <laughs> it's the bad breed crew, and their cousin Axel Rotten. The company. Um, yeah, so thank you everyone for listening. This has been ReCW. Make sure you follow us on social media at underscore sports arena on Twitter or Instagram. Also go to zazzle.co.uk or com. Check out all our lovely merchandise. Simply search sports arena. We will appear and you can browse. Um, my name's Paul. I disappear and do my thing. These guys do their thing. And I shall see you next week. It is that time, it is that time, and I have made my life harder by singing throughout the show. I think I'm up to about 10 songs between Griff and I. Um, uh, but that's obviously made it harder because I've used some of the stuff I would have used, like, for instance, I Predict a Riot. Um, so I thought I'd go back and um, take a little bit more of an irreverent one, a little bit more of a, uh, a, a, a sideways glance at one. Um, and this was inspired by the Taz match. Uh, Taz's opponent, Joel Hartgood, um, inspired me because he reminded me of um, uh, one of my favorite uh, hair metal songs um, because it's got to be a nod uh, to uh, Dr. Feelgood. So with uh, telling us all about why Dr. Feelgood is our hookup, here is Griff. Rat-tailed Jimmy is a second-hand hood. He deals out in Hollywood. Got a 65 Chevy Primid Flames. Traded for some powdered goods. Jigsaw Jimmy, he's running a gang. But he's doing okay. Got a cosy little mop job. Sells the Mexican mob. Packages of candy cane. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. He's one that makes you feel all right. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. Cops on the corner, always ignore. Somebody's getting paid. Jimmy's got it wired. Laws for hire. Got it making the shade. 
Got a little hideaway. Does business all day. But at night he'll always be found. Selling sugar to the sweet. People on the street. Call this Jimmy's town. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel alright. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. He's going to be your Frankenstein. Love you, crew. Feels like she didn't move tonight. But, yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.